Sunday praise and worship begins at 9 a.m. Wednesday Bible study at 7 p.m. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we're faithful. We're bold. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. Thank God because this is the 27th day of December. This is the last Wednesday of the month. The Lord has been good to us, allowed us to travel through what we call another year. God's been so great. He's been so good. You can't help but say thank you. Thank you for the things that we experienced, the things we did not experience. Thank you for the things we understood, the things we did not understood, the, the joy that we experienced, the pain that we experienced. Thank God for all of those things because it lets you know that you're alive. And most of all, you're alive in him. You're alive in Christ. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. We thank God for his goodness, and we're going to go before the Lord in a word of prayer. I I, I do not endeavor to be uh, long-winded tonight, you know, and so, Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord God, for your goodness. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Lord God, you have given us the victory. Sometimes we didn't think we had the victory. Lord God, but the victory has been won through you, not just spiritually, but naturally also. Well, God, and we just want to say thank you. Uh, the way we look at things from time is, is not fair to you, Lord God, but thank you. Thank you when we look at everything the right way. We know that all things are working together for the good because we love you. Because we love you. Oh, God, and so we, we gather together this evening, Lord God, and we just want to appreciate you and let you know that through our own voices, through our own mind, through our own hearts, that we love you for who you are. We love you for revealing yourself to us and the relationship that has been nurtured. Lord God, I pray and ask that you remember families that are together right now, Lord God, or maybe they're families that cannot be together because of distance and a work schedule or different things that are have some sort of impact. I ask that you would bless them, Lord God, as they speak to one another, as they communicate. Lord God, I pray and ask for the conscious awareness, Lord God, of our communications, Lord, to be more intimate. Lord God, I thank you right now, Savior, and I ask these blessings in the name of Jesus. Lord, remember those that are sick in their body. Remember those, Lord God, that are not feeling well. 
Lord, I ask that you would touch them and that you would bless them, Lord God, to uh, to heal. Lord, that the medicine that they may have been that may have been prescribed to them from the doctor that it does what it is intended to do, and if it is not the correct medicine, I, I pray for their well being and that it was brought that it will be discovered so that it can be corrected. Lord, thank you for those that are listening from various locations, Lord God, around the world. Lord, I just thank you right now for each person, Lord God, as they have taken time out of their schedule to tune in, Lord, and to hear your word. And I, I pray that you will bless your word to uh, be retained in our hearts, that we do not sin against you. We ask these blessings in the name of Jesus. Lord, if there's anyone outside your will at this moment, ask that you stir their hearts up. Lord God, that they would repent, change their course, change the direction, Lord, and, and seek you while you can be found. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want to remind you that there are seven churches, the seven churches of Asia. So there are seven characteristics seven groups of people, individuals that God described. And you'll find this in the, read the first through the third, in the third chapter, first, second, third chapter, Revelation. You know, and, and God described uh, these churches. Not all, all churches are the same. Not all churches are the same. Though. And we know that humans are not, or people are not perfect. If you're looking for a perfect individual, they might be perfect in some areas and they may be striving to do everything right. But the totality of perfection is not reached until we exit from these bodies and we stand in the presence of the Lord. Now, let me clarify that. You may be living a sanctified life here and right now, but that body that you're in, still has limitations. That's why I mean, that's what I mean by reaching the totality. All right. So my question is, what is God saying about you? We know there are seven churches. Those characteristics are with us today. But where do we fit at? What is he saying about us? God's opinion is the only opinion that matters. Now, don't say, well, uh, you ju being judgmental. No, I'm not being judgmental. I said God's opinion. And we cannot decide what God's opinion is. The only way you can measure God's opinion is to measure up to his word. The Bible is clear about that in Ephesians. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, uh, teachers for the perfecting of the saints till we all come into the match, the, the measure and the statue of the man Christ Jesus. So that is the true measurement. Uh, celebrities are not to be measured. They're not to measurement. No, they're, they're sinners. Um, and they have to repent of their sin too. You know, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It doesn't matter uh, how many um, degrees you carry. It doesn't matter. That's just knowledge. Uh, the Bible said a fool can be saved. <laughs> a fool. But now, by the time they, they come to know Christ and start paying attention to what the Lord is saying, uh, that foolishness starts to disappear. But, but the Bible said a fool couldn't even err in this. 
And so, you know, his opinion matters. It matters more than the crowd. It matters more than the influencers. It matters more than people on social media hoping to be the next sensation. You want your name written and maintained in the Lamb's Book of Life. And that's serious business. That is very serious business. There's no greater business. No, because there are people that are are very successful. They have the type of money that you could only that you would only want a percentage of to live comfortable with. And some of them are going to be lost, just like the Bible talks about the, the man who, who was making so much. He was doing so well. And he said, I'm going to build me some more barns because I'm doing so well. My investments are coming back. You know, I, I have I'm considered one of the best um, Fortune 500 companies, you know, my day and time. And when he went to bed, the Lord said, called him a fool and told him his soul is required of him. And so everything that he had was left behind. And he went on to stand in the presence of God and to see what God had to say about him. What is God saying about you? We all need to know and understand that. The Bible said, work out your soul salvation with fear and trembling. But we all need, he's love. Oh, yes, yes. And love can be very frightening. I don't mean because of the relationships that you've had and, you know, the failed relationships or anything. I'm talking about this love because God is all in. Are you all in or do you have to sneak away for a moment? I, I need a... I need a break so I could go and dibble and dabble in sin. I got to can't help it. I got an itch that just must be scratched. Or are you all in? I hope and I pray that you're all in. Again, I want to thank you for joining the online service of the Cornerstone of Grace. If you're looking for a church home, growth and ministry. I want to invite you to join us, grow with us, and be blessed with us. We are centrally located in the Los Angeles County, and that is the city of Pomona. And so there, we're surrounded by Riverside. I personally live in the Riverside uh, area, and so I drive up into Pomona, which is nothing but a few minutes. And there are those that are in San Bernardino and, and uh, um, you know, LA County. So and the bottom line is that we all go where we want to go. We all go where we want to go and we do what we want to do. We do what's important to us. That's what we do. And this, my friends, is very important. This is very important. I want you to save the date, May 30th, May 31st and June 1st. We will be, um, it's going to be here before you know it. And we're going to be celebrating a Pentecostal service um, and so we are preparing for that and to seek the Lord and to bless him in a mighty way. And let me let me make something clear. Pentecost service is not like your Sunday morning service. No, there's a different anointing. There's a different type of service that goes on. If any if no one's never told you that I, I, I am telling you, Pastor Carl Henderson is telling you that it is a different type of service. It is not just a service that you throw together. It is a difference. And so if you want to know more about that, you certainly want to join in um, to the service. Uh, when the service is going to be held in Rancho Cucamonga at uh, 
i.e. Church of God or Church of Christ in the city of um, Rancho Cucamonga. And we'll have that flyer posted in uh, the first part of January with information. And so that's near the Ontario airport for those that are flying in or driving. Um, Either way, it is not an inconvenience uh, because we do what we want to do and and we're going to enjoy. We enjoy what we're doing. Now, we're in the book of Genesis. We're touching what is referred to as the law of particularization. And we've been touching on the law of particularization, meaning that we're moving from the general to particular things. And we've been touching on the universe, earth, man, and spirit. And we're touching on the creation, the principal person who is the cause of all things and the designing mind behind everything. It can't ignore this. Can't ignore him. You can ignore them or think you're ignoring them, but but that only lasts for a short period of time, because when you step out of what we call time and into eternity, it's impossible to ignore God. It's impossible. So many people are exiting thinking that, well, I did it my way. I'm going to, you know, they got a lot of slogans and, you know, and I'm going to go to hell and party. And, you know, the Bible said hell was created for the devil and his angels. And it describes what it's like. And the devil is not over hell. Neither is he over the lake of fire. He's not in charge of that. And yes, I have scripture for that. But tonight we're in the book of Genesis, the 24th chapter, beginning at the 10th verse. And so we're talking about the the word of God and entreating the Lord. Talking about entreating him. And so let's start reading. And the servant took 10 camels, the camels of his master, and departed for all the goods of his master were in his hand. So this man was, was in charge of everything. He's in charge of, of, of overseeing everything that belonged to Abraham. Remember, Sarah is no longer in the picture. Sarah has gone to sleep. Sarah has already uh, passed, and, and Abraham has now uh, moved on. He's moving on with his life, and he's looking for a wife. Uh, to marry off his son, Isaac. He, he wants his time for Isaac to get married. And so he makes it, um, he has a servant to go out that he will go out and, and bring back a, a damsel, someone for Isaac to meet and to wit. And so the servant took 10 camels of the camels of his master and departed with, for he, for all the goods of his master were in his hand and he arose and went to Mesopotamia and into the unto the city of Nair. And he made his camels to kneel down without the, the city by well of water at the time of the evening, even the time that women go out to draw water. And he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray thee, send me good speed this day. And show kindness unto thy master Abraham. Behold, I stand here by the well of water, and the daughters of men of the city out to, uh, the, and the daughters of the men of the city came out to draw water. And let it come to pass that the damsel to whom I shall say, Let down thy pitcher, I pray thee, that I may drink, 
she shall say, drink, and I will give thy camels drink also. Let the saying be she that thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac, and thereby shall I know that thou hast shown kindness unto my master. And it came to pass before he had done speaking that behold, Rebekah came out, uh, who was born in Bethel of Milcah and the wife of Nair, Abraham's brother, with her pitcher upon her shoulder. And so let's talk a little bit about entreating the Lord. We all need to entreat him. The Lord is not a genie in a bottle. He is not a, a Coca-Cola machine. You know, you, you, you put a quarter in it and you get a return as so many people make him to be. If you give, you know, you should support your ministry. You should support your church. You should support, um, you know, and I, I tell, I teach and tell the saints here that supporting the ministry does not mean that you have to come out of your pocket. It could be various means of doing it. Um, here at Cornerstone, COG, we have uh, we have T-shirts. So when someone gives a donation of fifteen dollars or more, they get a free T-shirt. That and you, if you go to our website, connectingtruth.org, and you'll see the uh, the um, QR code there. You can click that, and it'll take you right to the store. Uh, we have sweatshirts that we've created. All of this is specifically for the support of the ministry. And so each uh, individual, they talk about these things and, and that helps generate the income to keep the lights on, to pay the rent and um, and to keep things moving forward as far as the ministry is concerned. And, and so uh, you, you yourself can do the same thing. You should support uh, your ministry. Um, and we're talking about the fact that God is not a genie in a bottle. And he's not a Coke machine. So when you listen to ministers on the air or hear them talking about, uh, you know, um, well, the number six means this and the number four means that the number three means this. If you give six hundred and forty three dollars, you will be blessed. Um, listen, I, I said earlier that this is about your soul salvation. So therefore, it is about truth. It's about truth. It is about truth. And so, of course, we support ministry. I support the ministry as well in giving um, and making sure that the lights down and everything and have done that. And the Lord has blessed me through the years to be able to do that when we didn't have uh, a lot of members, when it was just a few. And so my definition of a lot may be different from yours and my definition of few may be different from yours. But the point is, is that is supporting the ministry and not fleecing God's people, not fleecing his people. And, and so uh, God is not a Coke machine. No, he's not like that. Uh, there is, uh, and we're not going to stay here in this area, but there's a way to entreat God. There's a way to entreat him as well. And so the, the term entreat uh, means to plead especially in order to persuade. So you want to persuade God. And we read through the scripture about how people did persuade him. Um, there is a way to persuade God. And I don't mean by, uh, you know, as I said, 
and I, I'm not going to stay on this, but I, but I guess maybe I need to make it plain for those that are listening and for those that will be listening later. If someone tells you the only way you can be blessed is to give in this offering, don't give your rent money. No, not unless not unless you have received confirmation. And when I say confirmation, I mean, it better be double, triple than what you you don't give your rent money. You don't give your house. note, you don't give your, you know, your car note or anything like that. Um, you 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 be good stewards and handle business the correct way as the Bible teaches us to do. And then you're able to bring an offering unto the Lord. But um, when you entreat God. You don't have money is not required to entreat him. Obedience is. Obedience is better than sacrifice is what the Bible says. And so if you're going to plead or persuade anyone, let it be God. Persuade him. Persuade him with some fasting. Persuade him with some praying. You know, um, I, I trust, especially uh, COG, that everyone has a prayer um, and fast day because uh, that those were the instructions that were given. So even when you don't feel like fasting, you 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 tell your body to fall into line with your spirit because um, the, the Bible said the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now, if your spirit is not willing, then, of course, your flesh is not going to line up. Then please talk to me. Let me know that, that you, you need to spend time on the altar. <laughs> you need to spend time praying and seeking the Lord. But we all at one time or another may not feel like fasting. And that is the time to press on through it and fast. And seek the Lord because you don't know what you might be missing out on that you're dealing with such a warfare because uh, once you start fasting on a certain day, the enemy knows that you're fasting on that day. Your flesh knows you're fasting on that day. So that's two things, you know, that you're dealing with husband and wife. So if you're going to fast and, and pray, make sure that you talk to one another that, OK, on on Wednesdays, we're going to fast. We're going to fast together, you know husband is not going to be fasting and then coming and filling all on you and vice versa. She's not going to be fasting and waiting for you to walk through the door and pounce on you because you're both fasting on that same day during those same hours. All right. And that's, that's Bible. All right. Start with God in sincere prayer and then work your way through the situation with his help. That's how we entreat him. Uh, persuade. If you want to persuade God, you're going to have to pray and be sincere. Now, sincere prayer don't mean having a lot of words. You don't need a lot of words to be sincere. Uh, matter of fact, I, I could give you a four-letter word that that uh, that is very sincere. Help. That's very sincere prayer right there. And as God leads you, now the Lord said, if you if you if you trust, Proverbs three five and six said, trust in the Lord with all thy heart, and lean not unto thy own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. So God has already spoken a word, a prophetic word, as some would want to put it. He's already spoken a word that, of what he would do in the future. If we trust in him with all our heart, not 80 percent, that's not going to do it. No, no, no. Give it 100. You're going to press, but you can do that. You, you can get there 100 percent. I've done it. I've learned to do it. You can do it, too. And lean not to your own understanding. Sometimes we want to do it our way and we might do it our way. And, and, and in the process, we may start to feel guilty or feel convicted that, man, I should have waited, you know. And so now we got to deal with the results of our actions that because we didn't we, we didn't wait on him. We lean to our own understanding. But it says in all our ways, acknowledge him 
and he'll direct your path. And so when you acknowledge him, that doesn't mean that he's going to answer you immediately. You may have to wait. You may have to wait a little while. You don't know when or how that answer is going to come. But we have to wait on him, all of us. And so the first instance of persuasion is illustrated by God. Now, God illustrates persuasion when he looked at his creation and saw that it was good. And when he saw that it was good, he did more. He was persuaded. You know, this is good. Let me do more. The second persuasion was, you can read this and read through the first uh, few chapters, first chapter, Genesis 1, 2, 3, 4, you know, and, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Uh, there's positive and negative persuasion uh, that is there. Uh, in, in where uh, people was entreated by something or someone. The second persuasion was uh, to create an overseer. So Adam was created. Adam was the first overseer. Uh, so when you hear, so um, Bible students, you can go back and ask somebody, you know, maybe you want to ask an overseer who was the first overseer in the Bible and see what they tell you. Uh, some might go to the book of Acts and, and say, uh, and where it tells us to, as overseers not to be, uh, masters or lords over God's people because they don't belong to us. Every one of us belong to God. All souls are mine. That's what the Bible says. But the first overseer was Adam. Okay. He was put over the garden. Now the third persuasion was Adam um, surroundings. And God said it was, it was not good for man to be alone. So God was, saw that, looked at Adam, looked at everything around him and and, and looked at the different things and said, well, you know, uh, I'm persuaded that this is not good for him to be alone. And then there is the, another uh, persuasion where, where uh, Eve was entreated by a serpent, you know. And so um, and there's a whole conversation that goes forward with Adam and Eve and Adam's there and, and the influence and, you know, and, 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 and here we are today. It, the first man, Adam, sinned, and, and, and we be careful how you in, are influenced. But we're talking about entreating God, we're talking about influencing him. Now, so that means you can't be, don't allow yourself to be influenced by anything else because you want to talk to God. So don't be influenced by anything. Now, you can go through more of Genesis leading up to those verses and see various types of influence and uh, things that are going on. Um, uh, some to life, others to detriment and understand that there is no gray area in God there. God did not paint a gray area. Now, those are words of men. Uh, the Bible said, if it, if it looks wrong, then don't do it. Stay away from it. It said, Sean, avoid the very appearance of evil. So if it don't look cool, don't do it. If it looks like it's something that you should not be doing, if it's questionable, you need to stay away from it. So let me make this plain again. There are no excuse uh, excuses. There are no, 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 no. There's no excuses. There's no excusable areas known as gray areas. It is either wrong or it is right. It is either, uh, it either makes sense. And if it does not make sense, then it is nonsense. Now, I heard a young lady say the, the serpent in the garden was not identified as Satan. And I, I concur with what she says, I, I agree with what she said. The Bible does not say it was Satan. However, the influence to defy God is always evil intent. And all that God created was good. So even the serpent was good. It was created with purpose. 
So then one must ask what influenced this particular creature to speak out and say those things to entreat Eve. What was the benefit of it? Using it, it used its own voice to entreat and deceive Eve. No one does anything without reason. Your reason is that you want to please the Lord. And so you want to entreat him and you want to persuade him. And we know that uh, that all things work together for the good of them that love him. And so not just verbally, I love God. That's a verbal. No, the Bible said, if you love me, keep my commandments. So, so love is an action word. It's not something that we just say. It is something we do. It is something that we show. You don't buy it. You, gentlemen, don't, don't try to buy her love. Ladies, don't give up the cookies uh, because you trying to keep him. And uh, because a guy say, I love you. If he love you, he'll, he'll maintain, he'll wait. He'll wait and it'll be that much more better. And, and so uh, there's a whole principle in, in everything mental that, that goes along with that. And you already know this. You already know this. And so we want to entreat God. And so by entreating him, we're going to abstain from sin. We're going to, we're not going to do those things that we know are is displeasing to him. We're not going to say things that we know is going to displease him or, and be hurtful to anyone else. We're going to avoid those things. Now, and so what was the expected gratification of the serpent? Bible students, deacons, ministers, preachers, bishops, whatever title you may have. Let me just say church family, <laughs> those that are listening, friends, neighbors, countrymen, lend me your ears. Listen, what gratification could the serpent have received out of this? All right, let's go on. Who made it a promise of satisfaction? Later, we see in the scripture that that Satan is symbolized as that old serpent. OK, so we already squashed that. But but go back to the other question of what could he have gained from this? All right. Also, note Israel was was told to look upon the serpent. Now, some have said, well, you know, the in the wilderness, they had to look at the serpent and the serpent. They were healed because they well. First off, they were complaining. The Lord had blessed them and then they started complaining. And so the Lord sent fiery serpents uh, to bite them, put them in check. And some of them died from it. They realized the sin and the mess that they had put themselves in. And they and when they went and asked about it, they were told Moses was told to tell them uh, to look up at the serpent, put the put a, uh, the bronze, put a serpent on the um, on a stick and all those that look up at it. Looking up at the serpent was not for healing. It was a confession of sin. They were confessing. They were acknowledging their sin. That was the purpose of that. So today in medicine, they have the twin serpent symbol that's used, known around the world as uh, a healing, but it was not, it had nothing to do with the church in the wilderness. No. Uh, people are already recognizing and using serpents long before that. As we read in the scripture, we read about how um, Moses, when Moses and Aaron went to see Pharaoh, that the servants of, of Pharaoh threw their rods down and they became serpents. And, and then Moses' serpent, his rod, ate those serpents up. All right. So do not get the scriptures twisted. 
pay attention to what you read in our reading and ask the ministers questions. The Bible said uh, that he gave some evangelists, some teachers, some pastors, prophets, and apostles, you know. Um, so they deserve you asking them questions. You should, you should purpose in your heart to ask them questions. Pastor Carl is encouraging that. Ask questions because there is a divine obligation for them to answer. And they may not have the answer immediately, but they, and they might have to go back and search it out and come back with and give you an answer, you know, the next time they see you. But you need to give them a question to go home and dig into uh, so that, you know, they're not sitting there looking, um, looking all religious and with their hands crossed and um, or anything like that. But there's work to be done. And we're still talking about entreating God. Now, if you when you start digging into the word because you dictate the message. Yes, you, the church, the audience dictate the uh, the message. When you gather together, you cause God to send a word. He may send a word of uh, he's going to send a word according to the congregation that have come together. And so you influence that. We're talking about entreating God. Now the Bible tells us here in Genesis, it's 24th chapter. It says, and the servant took 10 camels, uh, camels, of the camels of his master and departed for all the goods of his master was in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia and, you know, to Nahor and uh, the servant. So the servant had gathered all the necessities. Gentlemen, before you go out to meet her, you need to gather the necessities that is needed to take care of her, to show that you're even able. I have not in my few years that I've been around, I, I, I can tell you, love don't pay the rent. Nope. It, it don't pay the rent after you go to sleep that night and you wake up the next day and there's a piece of paper on the door. She is not going to be happy. The kids may not understand it, but but looking at them, looking at her expression and listening to the rumbles and the grumbles that come along with that. You need to make sure that you're able to handle the business. Ladies, don't don't you've been living with your mama. You need to learn how to handle things on your own before you move in with him before you say, I do, I will. You both need to know how to handle business so that um, so that things are handled. This servant knew what to do. He took some uh, what we would what they used to call a diary from, if I remember correctly, from the cowboy movies and, and all, you know, different movies and stuff. But they take a diary. They show that I'm able to take care of your daughter, you know, and so um when she leaves home, she should not be sitting in a cold house. Uh, when she was at home, she was not sitting in a cold house. She had a nice warm bed to sleep in. Uh, every, she was comfortable. So when she leaves home, she should be as comfortable. And I think many of you already know that. And so we have to teach that to our sons and daughters as, as well. And so the servant knew this and, and took and showed that, hey, I'm coming from a place where she'll be comfortable. And so he went to Mesopotamia with his uh, west of Asia near the, the Tigris River, you know, and there is associated with with the horse dry place and it's, it's hot there. And he had sensed he knew where to go. He knew where to go to meet someone. Uh, do you know where to go to meet somebody? Someone said go to church and you meet a nice church woman. I've been to church. Well, I still go to church. <laughs> Stop. Okay. <laughs> And I've met some folks, all right? So 
that's a matter of opinion. Now, that's not to put nobody down, but you know who you are. And I, I'm sure that there are some people that hear what I'm saying right now that may attest that there are people that are moody. Remember, none of us are perfect. People are moody. So that's why you got to make sure that, that who you meet, who you're talking to is going to is the right person for you. Sometimes we go to the wrong place and we, we fish in the wrong pool. And so you got to be careful. If you fish it in muddy water, and if you like muddy water fish, that's your business. But don't fish in muddy water hoping to catch uh, freshwater fish. It don't work that way. Ladies, freshwater fish don't don't uh, don't taste the same. And freshwater fish does not eat. The bait is not the same for freshwater fish as it is for bottom feeders. And so people know what they're doing. They know what they're doing when they dress, what they put on clothes. They know what they're trying to catch. Um, when 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 they put on that outfit, you know, and my son, my son was at work one day and he, he, he told me about an incident. And I knew exactly who he was talking about because I worked at the same corporation. And so um, I got him a job there and and he was saying, telling me how someone kind of flamed on him. And um, because the way she was dressed, she was dressed very provocative. And so she bent over and he just happened to be walking by and she act like he did something wrong. No, and I I told him, I said, son, it wasn't that you did anything wrong. It's just that you weren't the one that she was trying to catch the eyes on. And so we all, we know what we do. You know what you're doing when you put it on, ladies, gentlemen. You know what you're doing. You know what you're trying to catch. Now, you don't need gentlemen don't need to wear skinny jeans showing what all you you're packing. And, you know, and certainly you're going to get laughed at if you ain't packing nothing. But it's best to just not reveal any of that, you know, or to try. It don't fit. Everything is not intended for everyone. And it's certainly not intended uh, to be in the church. It's not. And I'm not going to get into clothing and nothing like that. No, 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 no. I don't spend time with that stuff. I'll put it to you like this. Preachers, before you can clean the fish, you must catch it. And when you clean fish, you clean it. You have to clean the inside. Okay? Clean the fish inside. And once you've gutted it out, then it's clean. You got all the stuff out of it. Now, I used to clean fish. My grandfather used to love fishing. And, and so I learned how to clean the fish when he came home, what to do, how to scale it and everything. And so you got to clean that fish. And once you clean the fish, then it's ready to be cooked. You can't cook the fish if you haven't if you haven't caught it and cleaned it. All right. So too many times we try to change and, and get people to change their ways. And we they have they haven't even been caught yet. Yeah, they're still bouncing around. They're still flopping around and, and they're still in the valley of decision because of that. We put people in certain predicaments, certain ways. But I'm telling you, if you want to be saved, you're going to line up with the word of God. Now, I said line up with the word of God. I didn't say line up with tradition. I didn't say line up with the opinion of men. I don't expect young men to dress like old deacons. And I do mean old deacons. I don't dress like old deacons. And so um, there is things that, you know, we should not try to impose on people because of the way that they were raised. You need to pay attention to what's going on 
And the, the Bible tells us in all things uh, that we should do it in moderation too. And so it doesn't, so that kind of covers it um, to help someone to fit, you know, and at the same time, be fashionable, be fashionable. Okay, let's go. So um, he made the camels to kneel down uh, without the city by the wall, a well of water in the evening time. And the women, they came out to draw water. Now the servant knew what to do. He knew where to go. And there's no doubt in my mind that depending on what you're looking for, you know where to go, you know what to do too. And so he sat there with patience. Um, he had the camels to sit down. They were patiently waiting because uh, they were obedient animals to, to him, I believe. And so what you want to do next is important. He said, oh Lord, he began to pray. Oh Lord, God of my master, Abraham, I pray thee, send me good speed. I don't want to be out here no longer than what I have to and show kindness unto my master, Abraham, uh, do this for him. He, he's asked me to do this and I'm asking you to meet his request. And so this leader prayed he, and in order for him to pray, he believed God too. And so you you have to believe God. You're going to entreat him. You're going to have to believe. The Bible says he that cometh to God must first believe that he is a rewarder that dim to them that diligently seek him. And so he asked God for what he wanted. He was very specific. Be specific in what you ask God for. Make sure it lines up with his will. Now, don't ask God for, for something and then you not doing anything. That's a big difference. There's a difference. Uh, so many of you ask God for that and they're not doing nothing. Prepare. Remember, um, uh, COG, I, I told COG that, that 2024, as long as the Lord tarry, is a year of preparation. Prepare because we have great expectations. When I go into my, my uh, pastoral meeting tomorrow, I'm going to be talking to the pastor. Hey, there is a great expectation. Let's make sure that we're all on the same page because there is a great expectation of what God is going to do. And so we have to make sure that we're all right. We're all right with God. We're all right. There's nothing that is that that is being held on to. There's nothing that anyone is, is feeling strange about. Let's make sure we're all on one accord so that we can and we'll entreat God that way. Entreat God and wait on his response. You gotta wait for his response. We ask God for what he wants, then we gotta wait for his response. Now we know that I'm, that's not always the easiest. It's not, but it is the most rewarding. It's not the easiest because we do wait and we do sigh. Lord, you know, we keep praying, and but it is rewarding to wait on him. The 13th verse says, Behold, I stand here by the well of water, and the daughters of men uh, they came out to draw water and and so, Lord, here I am. Uh, and so you have to talk to God about these things. Regular words, not fancy words, just sincere talk, just sincere talk. That's what prayer is, sincere. And so the 14th verse said, and it came to pass that the damsel of whom I shall say, uh, let down thy pitcher. I pray thee that I may drink and she shall say, she's going to respond and say, drink, and I will give you a Campbell's drink. This, this is very significant to him that this woman would respond that way. And so uh, let the same be she that, it, that thou has appointed uh, for Isaac. You know, 
There's nothing wrong with asking the Lord to send confirmation of what he wants. As the Lord began to bless me in ministry and take me into different areas, uh, and I felt the call and I felt the urge and I, I kept those things to myself, but I did make a request of the Lord and he confirmed the request through the individual that I was very specific in asking to confirm it. And they came and they confirmed it and they're very excited about what God is doing. So you can be specific in what you ask God. And, and you're going to have to wait on him to do it. You're going to have to wait on him. And it didn't come overnight. It was some years. It was years. And they began to pray and they began to seek God and talk to God. And, 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 and things began to line up. And you'll hear more about that as we get into our, our Pentecost service. But listen here. He knew what he knew what he was looking for. And he wanted confirmation. And so the 15th verse said, it came to pass before he had done speaking that behold, Rebecca came out. And so Rebecca, um, uh, she was the one and she came forth confirming, are you willing to entreat God and then wait on him? Many of you listening and living a sanctified life, wait on him. This uh, is what the greatest had to say. He waited. He waited on God. From the testimony, the text, like like Abraham and 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 his uh, servant, I believe that God hears our prayer, just as He heard Abraham and the servant. Now, this is what God had to say. And I said the greatest. I'm talking about God. This is what God had to say. When they thought things was rough, this was when Sarah was, was there, Sarah and, and Abraham, and they're looking at the situation. God said, is there anything too hard? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? And he told them at the appointed time. Then he said, I will return unto thee. So there's at the appointed time. So there's a, a time, there's an appointment. Everything don't come when we want to come. There's an appointment. But you got to be willing and trusting, knowing that he'll do it. I will return. I'm going to make something happen according to the time of life. I'm going to take it to a certain place. Now, in technology, we call that uh, temporal. Temporal place is used for forensic and, and a specific starting point, or we roll things back to that particular time. And, and so he, he said, I'm going to do this with Sarah. Now, you can take Sarah's name, uh, remove Sarah's name, and put your name there. Put your name there. According to the time, I'm going to I'm going to turn back the time of life. And Ricky, I'm, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give birth to that ideal. I'm going to make it happen. Uh, Angelina, I'm going to make it happen, you know, on this particular day. That's God's time as God. He's going to he's going to do that. You know, so we have to just be willing and ready to just wait on God. Just wait on him. You know, waiting seems like a thousand years when you want something to happen immediately. I know, I because I, I, I sometimes I feel that way, like, oh my gosh. Ah. But it don't mean you stop living a saved, sanctified life. It don't mean that you stop seeking him. It don't mean that you don't prepare for what God has for you. Let's be prepared. His thoughts is not like our thoughts. 
There are thoughts that God has of us, that he has of you, that are great. I want you to end this the, the rest of this year just thinking about his grace, thinking about his goodness. I, I believe it's in Philippians where it says, and I may be quoting it wrong, so I'm not going to try to quote it, but you can go there and look for it yourself. Uh, but that whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things of good report, it tells us to think on those things. So change your thought pattern. No matter what is, is transpiring in your life today, all of us go through some things. I, I haven't even began to talk about what I dealt with this year. No, no, you know, but we all deal with things. We all deal with things. But when we keep our focus on the Lord and we entreat him about the, the scenario of things that we're dealing with, you know, and sometimes and most of the time, I don't even talk about those things even to him because he already know. I think I want to spend my time and I want to encourage you to spend your time just acknowledging him for being sovereign. Just acknowledge him for being God. Just be thankful to him and bless his name. Uh, he know what we have need of. And treat him. And treat him as who he is. He's God. He's sovereign. And the Bible tells us that whosoever shall call on the name of Jesus shall be saved. So he's given us a name to even reference him with. So there's, there's no need for us to think of any other way because we have what we have. We have that which we have need of. And that is access to the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for your goodness and grace. We thank you for this time that you have given us, Lord God, to exhort your word, to talk about your goodness, Lord God. And as we, Lord, our, our, our intentions, our endeavor, Lord God, is to walk in your joy because your joy is strength. Lord God, to walk and to be found pleasing in your sight. Lord, we thank you for your kindness, Lord God, and for blessing us, Lord Jesus, to, to make it this far. I ask that you would keep your word stirred in our heart. Lord God, help us, Lord God, to seek you, feel for you, Lord God, to sing unto you, to magnify you, Lord God, above every situation. I ask that you would bless each one under the sound of my voice that has tuned in, Lord God, to hear your word. Lord God, and those that will be tuning in later, I ask that you would bless them as well. Lord God, we just want to thank you for your kindness. We just want to thank you, Lord God, for what you've done and who you are in our lives. Lord God, thank you as you have. And Lord God, we just want to thank you for blessing our homes, our families, Lord God, and our going out and our coming in. Lord, thank you, Lord. Bless the pastors, ministers, Lord God, that are seeking to do your will. Lord, bless us, all of us, to be a source of strength to one another. You said by this, all men shall know that you're my disciples. I ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Be blessed. Share the word of God with someone. Encourage their heart, even if it's nothing more than a smile to say hello to someone and say, God bless you. All right. Be blessed.